Oh! Oh my god! Do you know what? I think he's angry today. Never, he's never hit him that hard. Well, hello, welcome to Whiskey Unscripted. God, for goodness sake, Captain! Whiskey Unscripted, it is a lovely, wonderful whiskey show brought to you by E. McLeod Distillers and the man on the other end of the. He's had his ready break. It's Gordon Dundas! How are you? God, stop it! You really are hitting them, but Don, you, you, you do know that's not me. No. I, I, well, I, I have to tell you that is not me. Who have you get? You're not meant to. You're supposed to be socially distancing, Gordon. I hope you've not brought a drummer in from the yeah. from the streets. I, I can't live with a lie any longer. I, I have <laughs> to own up. I have to say that that is not me. Um, if it was me, it would be a recorder, not the drums. Yes. Okay. So we've got next week's introduction all sorted. You on the recorder. Gordon, Whiskey Unscripted, episodes eight. Have you got any news for us? Well, yeah, there is some interesting news this week, actually. Firstly, I want to do a big shout-out to my good friend Becky Paskin because she has raised £12,000 for charity as a direct result of her whiskey festival that our whiskey was doing. I've mentioned it a few times, but mm -hmm. full marks to oh, her for the effort she put in. I spoke to her about it along the way, and I know how hard an effort she put into it. Fantastic, Becky. Well done, and um, hopefully see you soon. So well done to Becky. The well other done. thing that I noticed that came into my inbox was there has been a bit of whiskey news in terms of um, in East Sussex in the south of England. Um, mm -hmm. I think uh, it's East Sussex. It's not the, a, not, not the first thing place I would think about for whiskey stories. No, gone. no, 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 but it's, you know, drink it anywhere. But okay. no, no, what's happened here is this, a gentleman had a, I think it was a gentleman, could have been anybody, uh, had a selection of whiskies that he'd been collecting for a while, had them in a lockup, and they have been stolen, unfortunately. Oh. So about £50,000 worth of uh, whiskey, unfortunately, stolen out of a lockup, which is... Uh, which is careless, um, unfortunately, but, um, yeah, that is bad. you know, as I always say, whiskey's there to drink, but, um, uh, yeah, no, so that's not great. Um, so if you're collecting whiskey, make sure you have it insured, oh, yeah. I guess, as well as, uh, I'm afraid that's a big part of the industry, Gordon, isn't it? Is the counterfeiting and the, there's the big money to be made and that sadly attracts the wrong types. No, I mean, look, you know, you buy the right whiskey, you can, you know, buy the right limited whiskey from the right distillery and you, you want to flip it, it's the technical term, and you want to make money, you can do it. And, um, you know, it, it, it's it's a it's a ever-growing part of, and as a producer, it's something that we're aware of, it's something that we look at, it's something that we are, um, we're not influenced by it, but we certainly understand how important it is to your brand as well. So... Um, you know, we produce whiskey to be drunk, but not everybody does that. People yeah. buy cars yeah. to drive them, but they don't. So that's the way of the world, and that's that's you know, it's it's an important part of the market for sure. Gordon, my news a bit closer to home. As yeah. I said last week on the on episode seven, which we've got some very good uh, comments by the way about our friend John Campbell from Isla. Um, I was mentioning about the whiskey cupboard, like so many uh, people's mm. cupboards is getting empty. And I haven't told you about this, but I have got a special box under the floor. Very right. small collection. Very is small collection. Is that a whiskey collection. box or is it a... It's just a box, yeah. Right, okay. A, it's a cardboard box. But it has got stuffed with some quite good whiskies. So oh, I've right. decided for the very first time I'm dipping into it. Because needs must. So I've picked right. out a Linkwood 12-year-old. And it is three casks. 
I've got the three cast numbers here. One of two, 1,275 bottles. Uh, very, very pale straw colour, Gordon. Hogsheads. Three hogsheads. And what caught my eye, and that's why I've got it, 43% ABV, which is yes, as, as you would, but it's unchill filtered. Ah, interesting. That's pretty, really rare to see that. When was it? When was it brought out? It, um, brought out. I've um, got the label here, and it doesn't tell you. Okay, fair enough. Owned so by Diageo in Elgin, Linkwood, yeah. uh, Side whiskey. Um, mainly used, I think, again, mainly used for blending. blending. But uh, it's very clear, and, Gordon. Uh, but very, very nice. And can produce 2.5 million litres. Obviously, I haven't looked this up on the internet. So, um, but uh, yeah, no, absolutely. So, is that the link with uh, 12 year old flora and fauna? Yes, I think it's part of the flora and fauna range. It's the 12 year old. So, that our Rosebank distillery that obviously we're bringing back to life was also part of that range. That range was actually, I think, named as a result of Michael Jackson, who's the uh, who's the um, writer that we spoke about many times and i think yeah i think he's um he he was it some element of why that range is called flora and fauna was a direct result of michael jackson so enjoy so oh. you're drinking a liquid what, what what are you picking up on it uh, it's ab well so it is a very fruity dram i have to say it's I, i'm struck by the lightness of color gordon very very light but very very almost that grassy taste, that clean, fresh, florals, mm -hmm. very grassy. Um, it's just great. We're recording this in the afternoon, and it's a wonderful afternoon dram. Nice. Nice. Have you got anything to your hand? Have I got anything? <laughs> of course I have. Well, I bought this bottle about two or three months ago, just before lockdown. Uh, I was recommended it by a... A good friend of mine and said it's something that i should try it's a benromach 15. oh uh now benromach is a pretty small distillery really um up in um elgin i think um yes. and it's um owned by gordon mcphail who are a very well-known name in the scotch whiskey industry they are independent bottlers they are producers they are sort of distributors and retailers and everything. So they're a very, very well-respected business, good friends. Um, we know many, many people up there. Mm -hmm. This 15 is 43%. It's a uh, natural color. Um, but what I love about it is it, it's, got a, it's got a fruity, chocolatey style. Also very light, smoky style as well. It's a beautiful, beautiful whiskey. Um, put together, you know, similar business to ours, family-run business. Very honest whiskey, very, very tasty, and uh, thoroughly enjoying it. Really nice up there. And just as you mentioned about Lickwood being in Elgin, that's in Elgin. What a place. You know, there's worse places to, if you have a staycation this summer, Gordon, there's worse places to go than up in Elgin. And Absolutely. <laughs> no, the Benromic 15, beautiful, beautiful whiskey. So, um, nice one to try. Now, just on the Gordon and McPhail, and I'm sure to put in the spot, I was reading about, is it last year or two years ago? Is it Glen Spey? They've opened a distillery, a second distillery up, I believe. Gordon McPhail will have to chase that one up. Yeah, I think that I think they're opening it. Is, opening is technically the okay? The, yeah, they're opening another distillery. Um, I, I can't remember too much about it, but uh, I think you know, obviously, Ben Romick is not a massive distillery. Um, so um, 
I think it's down near Granton on Spey, yes. if I'm not, not, not mistaken. It is. Um, uh, so that's a bit further south in Speyside, so, you know, much closer down towards Abbey Moor if you're, if you're driving on that road. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, they're opening that. I think it's obviously currently being built or for approval. But that was going to give them a second distillery. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, great business, great people, and uh, really, really... Um, Good to see them doing so well, which is great. I think so. I think it's another uh, topic of conversation at a later date to talk about Gordon McPhail. I've never been to the shop. I've been to the headquarters and I was in the oh. boardroom and I've chatted to them all, but I've never been to the shop in Elgin, which I suppose I've heard is a cornucopia of whiskey. And it's the same one that was there in 1895. So I've never been, a, but I'd love to go. It is like a sweet shop. It is a fantastic place. And... Um, you know, they are lovers of good whiskey like we are, and they're a great business, and they've been around for a long, long time. So, well, yeah, no, very exciting. Very good. God, that's a very good link, because it is Father's Day coming up, and I don't know about you, but I've been online quite a lot looking at various shopping items, and I had a little look at some of the whiskey gifts you might want to give oh. to your, uh, you know, father, or, um, yes. you know, somebody that drinks whiskey in your family. I usually get one. I always ask. Last year, I sort of put in a request for the Nika by the barrel. which From the barrel. From, from the, the barrel. barrel which yeah. is a lovely little 50cl bottle, and mm -hmm. uh, it was very nice. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Yes. So, Gordon, um, I put together a little list of gifts that we could maybe discuss. Okay. And... I just went through, I've just, before we started the show, I sent it through to you. Um, number five, coming in at number five, I've sent you a photograph of a decanter. And you could actually bundle us up with hip flasks as well. Seems like I've got quite a lot of hip flasks. Um, are they worth the money? And look at the one I sent you, it's a globe, and it's a big round decanter. You fill yeah. it up with your whiskey, and there's a little... Yeah tap at the bottom but really decanters discuss would you buy one that's a good gift i think if you're going to do a decanter you need to really do it properly so it's got to be crystal it's got to be you know i think decanters work really well for port they work very well for whiskey and brandy and things like that um i think if you if you're going if you're going half measure don't bother go full in go full expense Ooh. um and uh i think uh i think they're quite an interesting you know, it all adds to the sort of um, experience of drinking whiskey, I think. And so the one that you sent me is not quite my taste, if I'm honest. It's um, a bit, it's a bit it's gimmicky. A bit, it's a bit gimmicky. There's some really nasty decanters out there. But my point, if you want a nice decanter, go to a reputable company, like somebody like Blencare and Crystal. They will sort you out with great quality decanters. Um, and it is a great gift for a whiskey drinker, for sure. Do you not miss the label, though? I mean, nowadays we really able, just as we've done already today, you want to look at the year and the label and the and the ABV. Does that not... You can have that sitting next to them, next to the, you know, you can have the bottle sitting next door, or what some people even do is they sort of have a live decanter where you sort of add different whiskeys in it, and, you know, oh, you sort of uh, have, a, have a sort of um, a, a, a homemade blend, as it were, but... Um, that's no, I think I, I don't. I, I've got a couple of decanters, but uh, I live on my own, so I don't particularly pour my whiskey out of a decanter. Certainly not on a, unless it's a Friday or a Saturday evening. 
Right, so decanters. Ah, good discuss. Right, coming in at number four, I've put books, Gordon. This is a potential Father's Day gift. Now, yeah. I've sent you a couple. There's, a, there, there's the usual reference books. And, of course, this year it's the Malt Whiskey Yearbook 2020. Comes out every year. Something like that. Or I've sent you a little curveball, which is a lady called Melinda Mullet, who I believe is American, but I think part of her family is from uh, Scotland, or at least the UK. And she's written fiction based around whiskey. In this case, it's called The Single Malt Murder, a whiskey mm. business mystery. She's written four of them. So that's an interesting um, take on the whiskey literature. So basically, books discussed. No, well, I mean, uh, you know, the Malt Whiskey Yearbook is a, is a has been put together for years by a, a, a gentleman I know well, Ingvar Rond. And um, he you know, continually has up-to-date information on the malt whiskey industry, which is incredible. And so he does it every year, and uh, it is a compendium. It's very, very good, and uh, always one to get your latest information. But there's other books I was just, just you know, obviously our friends Neil and Joel have done a very good good book, um, Distilled, I think it was. Yes, yes, I, I, I bought it. Um, and um, for me... One of the best books I've ever had in whiskey is The World Atlas of Whiskey by Dave Broom. Um, yeah. So there's, there's there's a whole load of whiskey books out there by a whole load of great writers. Um, so, I mean, I'm not a big bookie. I don't read books very often. And uh, normally I just color them in. But um, <laughs> I, I do have the one thing I do read about is whiskey. And I do have. Some excellent whiskey books. The single malt murder one looks great though. Melinda Mullet, what a name! Maybe I should, maybe I should. I may just get it. Yeah, God, just I think books. You can't go wrong with a with a gift for Father's Day. I've got one in my hand here. Drink a cultural history of alcohol by Ian Gately and Ian Buxton here. He's got a lot of books himself, but he rates this book as one of the best books ever written. In fact, Dave Broom says the finest whiskey book ever written, and it's just called Whiskey by Aeneas Macdonald written in 1930 and that is mm. especially the one with the Ian Buxton commentary underneath it is a very good book to get um, your loved ones so it's that's number five decanter number four is books coming in at number three we have glasses discuss oh, okay. that Gordon what do you think a whiskey glass well I mean you know it's all about you know what you what you want to achieve what's so what i mean by that is if you're at a whiskey show and you're tailing around a whiskey show and you're you're trying to discover a whiskey or you have the unfortunate um situation to having to listen to me or you talk about whiskey um then you know you want to get a glass which is going to help you understand the whiskey help you nose it taste it in a slightly more educational way uh, add water, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, when I'm trying to, do, you know, learn a new whiskey, learn a learn a new product, that's how I will do it, and I will nose whiskey in a Glencairn style tulip glass. Um, but then again, once you know a whiskey, that doesn't say a glass like that doesn't say relaxing to me. Mm. Relaxing at home, I I've got a big tumbler that I pour whiskey into. It's actually a a, a glass which I got. Um, big wide sort of rocks glass, not particularly high, which I can then just pour whiskey in because the whiskey I'm drinking is probably one that I know. Uh, I'm not trying to, I'm just trying to enjoy it. And it, it, for me, that that's a really different style to, I don't really drink that often if I'm trying to relax out of a Glencairn glass. 
That's a very interesting point, Gordon. My preference. Uh, yep, no, that's a very interesting point, and I thought that myself. Um, whiskey is to be enjoyed, not always to be one hundred percent on the offensive tasting all the time, and just just relax and you know switch off a little bit and and just enjoy it. I've sent you a couple of pictures of the highball yeah. glasses. Um, yes. What do you think of the tall tumblers? I know you're a big fan of the the highball. Ah, the highball is the highball, particularly with the weather the way it is at the moment in Scotland. Yes, it is sunny currently. Uh, I'm very pleasant. The highball is a perfect way to drink whiskey. And having been in Japan and seen the experts making highballs, it's very easy to make it at home. Soda, ice, nice bourbon-style matured whiskey for me works a little bit better. Um, nothing too fancy. Um, you know, like a even a Glengoyne 12 would be lovely or something, you know, like a like that tomato you had last week, Legacy, mm -hmm. um, with some nice quality soda and a, and a twist of lemon or something and loads of really good good quality ices you can get very refreshing very drinkable um and uh really really nice the so there's there's a suggestion there for father's day you've got the glen cairn if you really want to 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 understand the nose and really taste the whiskey in a sort of academic style you've got your tumbler as you've mentioned and then there's the highball glass so theoretically as a gift there's three glasses package yes. them up there's a presence yeah, absolutely, yes, and you've got that, and there's also that other specific glass which you can get. I've never really drunk whiskey out of it. It's that Norland glass, oh. and um, I don't. I, I've never tried it. I don't know if anybody has, but uh, I have. Uh, is it good? Is it what? What does it do for you? What? What is? What two Father's Days. Two Father's Days ago, I got um, two Norland whiskey glasses. It's right. like a glass within a glass fused together. It was a kit. Uh, it was a crowd starter, and they got a huge amount of money to start it up so the kids and the wife got me these glasses it's almost 50 pound for two glasses and i accidentally fell asleep one night watching netflix and it fell out my hand smashed Smash. i hid it and then it happened again about three months later with the second glass i hid it and then the friends came round and kate and my wife said get out the norland glasses ah. that was the last time did I you not me. buy new ones well, no, I didn't. It was no, 50 quid, didn't. Gordon. I thought I'd rather buy whiskey. Um, so that's the Norland glass. But yeah, it's an interesting philosophy. Interesting enough, I did meet Paul Davidson from the Glen Cairn Company yeah, yeah, yeah. and asked him about them. But possibly a gimmick, but you know, but it's, a, mm. it's worth trying. And my final point about glasses, Gordon, tell me if right. this is right. As a right. tour guide at Glen Goyne, this gentleman came up to me and I think, is this a, f a fake memory? He says, and I think it's Norway or Finland's, they have a whiskey festival, the whiskey's the same, but they change the glasses. Silence. Um, Do you think that's true? Have I made that up? I'm not sure. I've not heard of that. Neither have I. Well, this guy was quite, you know... The whiskey's the same, but they change the glasses. What, yes. does it, what do you mean by that? So they, they just have the same bottle, of, or two, three, same bottles of the same whiskey, but they just change it from a... I, I, I'm assuming a Glen Cairn glass, a tumbler to a, a tall glass, and they just change the glasses. It right, it doesn't sound much of a whiskey festival. It's just one <laughs> whiskey and 50 different glasses. I know. It's one of these phantom memories. I have this thing. I don't know if it's a real memory or not. But coming in at number two, Gordon, they're getting quite trendy now. You may have seen them in various whiskey shows. Clothes, T-shirts, especially those comedy ones. Um, and it's always a top recommendation for me that if you're going to a whiskey show, wear some clothes. Yes. There's nothing Absolutely. worse. There's nothing worse. Nothing worse. Nothing worse. Gordon, um, where do you stand on sort of humorous or 
uh, branded t-shirts? Well, I mean, I have branded stuff coming out my ears, obviously. Um, I look, look, if, if it's your favorite distillery, go and buy your your favorite brand. And, and um, you know, um, a lot of them have some really nice gear and some really nice stuff that you can buy. Um, some of the some of the funny ones, obviously, um, there's some funny T-shirts and things like that that you can buy. Um, yeah, absolutely. If it's your passion, get involved, buy them. Absolutely. Um, now, I sent you some uh, options there uh, yeah. of relatively humorous T-shirts, but I do like the one in the left hand side. Yes. Where it's the trust uh, me, you're hilarious. And that's uh, whiskey. by whiskey. Yeah. yeah, I like that. I like that. Quite, quite and then, of course, the the malt whiskey done in the uh, done that. in the uh, Walt Disney style. Um, yeah. Absolutely, there's some really good ones out there, and um, uh, yeah, no, there's plenty of and and you know certainly have a look at all the, the distillery websites as well because they all have some very nice gear as well. So um, coming so, in, no, I'm a fan of it. I'm a fan okay, of it. Good. So far, yeah, so good. Yeah. Gone. You've said yes. So good. The Father's Day gifts, five decanters and hip flasks, four books, whether it's fiction or non-fiction. At number three, glasses. We suggest you could do three glasses. Then at number two, clothes. And coming in at number one, whiskey. Bit of an anticlimax. Well, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, I I think Father's Day and Mother's Day, it's not just a, a gentleman's uh, of beverage, of course, but I think it's a really nice way of giving... And also, the way I look at it, and this is a good opportunity to understand, if you understand how your parent, your mum, your dad, your sister, etc., drink whiskey, what their style, maybe they drink the one style of whiskey. So maybe they are, for example, a whatever, let's just, you know, Glenn Spurvey. They're a Glenn Spurvey fan, and they drink Glenn Spurvey, 12-year-old, and that's what they all drink. And you taste it, you sort of understand that whiskey. What, what this gives you is that opportunity to buy them something that they'll like, but they've not tried. So you know their style, you know what they're looking for. And I think what's really important is, you know, I always like to say, it's, if you go to your favorite restaurant and you have a waiter who who knows what you like and you always have the, let's say the lasagna and he goes, oh, you need to try this tonight because I know you love the lasagna. You'll probably go, yeah, okay. Um, so I think it's a great opportunity to widen people's um, sort of, uh, single malt um, journey by giving them something which you know they'll probably like because it's not dissimilar but it's different and that's, I think that's a really that's, good opportunity. That's a great point. Or, because or a love, pack of whiskies or a well, pack of whiskies that you get different styles in. That was my, my question was because I love Tamdu as you know and love Glen Goyne but I love getting something else to compare and contrast mm. with but my question to you would be would you get the one bottle or there's lots of these packs either done by geography or done by style would would that be a good gift miniatures versus absolutely absolutely and if they don't like them you can drink them. <laughs> so, so there we go that's uh, the top five purchases for father's day and i can just throw in there as of course gordon many distilleries are doing their own father's day offerings and indeed absolutely if you go onto the glengoyne website we're also doing virtual uh, offerings as well which is a wonderful glass that we've talked about and four whiskies and a tutored tasting online yes. i know fantastic and it's great to to offer something a little bit different a little bit unique and there's another great experience so rather than a bottle why not buy them that that's a great thing to do as well and, and i'm sure other distilleries are doing similar stuff great gordon we have fantastic. got a new feature 
Um, last week, I think I mispronounced something last week, and you did mention the most easterly distillery in Scotland. So that I got do. me thinking pronunciations, which got me thinking about a wider information conveying vehicle that we mm -hmm. could create. And I have created this. Welcome to the Open Bottle University. The Open Bottle University, Gordon. Entry fee is basically a bottle, preferably open, an empty glass and an open mind as well. So the right. Open Bottle University, would you be our emeritus professor, the PhD of the malt, Gordon Dundas? <laughs> would you Would you please take your seat? Oh, yeah, I'm taking it. I'm in. I'm ready. <laughs> get that funny hat on your head uh, mm -hmm. and get the old ermine rug over your shoulders. Could we do lesson one in the Open Bottle University pronunciations? Oh, <laughs> this is a. Uh -huh. It's oh, quite no. now that one in the east. Do you know what I'm talking about? The one in the, the yeah. far east. You said it was a yeah. wonderful evocation of a Highland whiskey. I would maybe come to it, and many of people as Glen Garioch. Yes, absolutely, and 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 you would, and most people would be. You would think Glengarrioch is exactly how you say it, but um, actually up there, it, they um, they speak Doric, which is which is a very different style of English, I guess. So if I was to say to you in Doric, or say to you in English, it's a lovely moonlit night tonight. That's how I would say it. In Doric, you would go. It's a bro moon like next the next. So actually, Glengarry is uh, Glengarrioch is pronounced Glengarry, as in probably G E A R Y Geary, um, rather than Garrioch. So uh, a great one to start off with. That's a good one to start off with. The other one, I I have conf this confusion with just letters. It's just all vowels or all consonants, and there's also then ones where you've got to pronounce it properly. So just a couple of ones with lots of consonants is A-N-C-N-O-C. A-N-C-N-O-C, yes. And so that's Anok. 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 Anok, yes. It's, um, it's from um, International Beverage, which is formerly Inverhouse. Lovely whiskey. Um, do pitted versions. Um, nice style of whiskey, um, but that's, it's pronounced Anok. That's yeah. fantastic, Gordon. Your knowledge is unbelievable. You just were doing pronunciations and you're telling us the style of whiskey and who owns them. Absolutely fantastic <laughs> stuff. Can we take you to Tobermory, please? Because that is probably, I think, one of the difficult pronunciations in the entire Scotch whiskey um, lexicon. Yes. So it's spelled L-E-D-A-I-G. Um, now, most people would think that's Ledeg, but it's actually pronounced Lechik. Yes, Lechik. Lechik, or Lechik. You have um, no chance. You get no way, you get very, no chance. Very known for being a heavily peated whiskey. Um, it comes from the Tobermory Distillery, um, but it's Lechik. So, um, another one to... Uh, there's a lot of them, and this oh. is, that, that's probably the one that gets most people, if I'm honest. Yeah, the one that gets me... First, yeah, carry on. So, was that... It's A L L T, and it's up in Speyside. Alta yes. something. <laughs> yes. Well, here's a yes. Alta. You would think it's Alta Baena. So it's B H E I N A. Alta Baena. 
but it's actually Altervein. Altervein. Um, it's a Perna Ricard distillery, um, and uh, they just relaunched it, I think, as a single malt about a year ago in a very sort of nice rebranding. Don't know much about the style. I've not drunk it, but uh, sure, it's very, very nice. But yeah, it's spelt in a very different way to how it's um, said. Now, so we could, carry on, we could carry on with lots of these ones, but there's other ones when it's just how you see it. Um, yes. It's, it, it can make all the difference. So, Gordon, either go to Isla or maybe our friends in Tain. <laughs> well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, well, I'm gonna, well, I'm gonna say it the way that many people would say it. Let's go to Isla first. A couple of distilleries on Isla. Oh, a few distilleries we could go through in Isla. Let's start off with Bruchladich. Bruchladich. Mm-hmm. Now, that's how I've heard a lot of people say it. Yes. Bruchladich, but it's not spelt like that. It is. It, it's not said like that. It is. Um, on you go, Gordon. As if you've got a young gentleman beside you, Brookladdy. Brookladdy. So it's Absolutely. a laddie. Yeah, so it's got the silent end. It's the CH at the end, very quiet. Brookladdy. So that's how that's pronounced. The other one that, the other B on Isla, Bunahabain. Bunahaha. Bunahabahan. 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 Is that actually pronounced? I think it's is it with a B and an H together, is it a V sound? So it's Bunahaven. Bunahaven, yeah, Bunahaven. Absolutely right. Um, so again, you can impress your friends with your pronunciation as a result of the uh, uh, podcast. There's a couple more on Isla. The other one is Kawalila. Kawalila. That's a different one. Kawalila. Yes. Yeah. Um, how would that be, Gordon? Oh, it's Kalila. C-A-O-L-I-L-A. Kalila. Absolutely right. Let's mm. just keep going through Island. Why not? Um, uh, let's go to Kilchoman. Kilchoman? Kilchoman? Is it Kilchoman? Kilchoman. That was the one we mentioned last week about the unfortunate spelling in one of their bottles. Uh, mm. Yes. Kilchoman. So well, that would be... So the C-H... It's more a ch- sound, so it's Kilhoman. Kilhoman, absolutely. So, absolutely. And then we've got, as we heard last week, we'll just mention it, but Laporag, La- it's Lafroig, of course, Lafroig. Um, Ardbeg is Ardbeg, Lagavulin, obviously. The other one which a lot of people get wrong, and it's a bit, it comes more into the, we'll, we'll now move on to, uh, it's not, it's more inflection, more how you say it. So mm-hmm. if we look at Beaumore, Bowmore. If you're in the know and you're from Isla, Bowmore is actually pronounced Bowmore. All right. So you, it, it's like it, it's more hurried emphasis. along a bit. So it's Bowmore, not Bowmore. It's Bowmore. And our friends up in Tain, Glen Morangi is similar. Glen Morangi is actually said Glen Morangi. Yeah. And if, um, if, and, if, and if, can I just say, Gordon, they don't like it if you misspell or you miss. You must see it. No. A lot of people get quite vexed at that one. Absolutely. So, Glen right, yeah. The one that gets me all the time is our friends just outside Inverness, beginning with the letter ah, T. Yes. That gets me all the time. <laughs> and how do you say it? You say tomatin, I say tomatin. I think it's tomatin, but is it tomatin? I think it's tomatin, actually. Tomatin, right, okay, yes. I, I'm not sure. I no, I'm going with you. A um, few others just for a bit of... There's a distillery called 
pronounced T, spelt T E, and then it's a new word B H E A G. So you'd think tea bag or tea bag, <laughs> but it's actually pronounced Chevik. Chevik. So, the so there's another one. Chevik. Um, so yeah, no, there's there's a whole load of them. Um, one of the but, one of the, uh, one of the easy ones, but it's always mispronounced by um, mostly people from North America as Oban. We call it Oban. Yeah. They call it Oban. Or Loch, yes. Lom, Loch Lomans is Loch Lomond. Yeah, no, we managed. Uh, Ochentoshin, there's another classic. Yes. Ochentoshin. Ochentoshin. I remember having, trying to explain it to a friend of mine who lived in Taiwan. He'd never drunk it before. <laughs> and he goes, Ochentoshin. And Ochentoshin. And he couldn't quite understand it. It's just one of those, another really, really. R- wonderful word that just pronounces in a slightly different way it's wonderful and all i can say is for pronunciation there's nothing there's no such thing as being wrong but i tell you what the more whiskey's consumed the easier it is to pronounce these words and distilleries i think that's the absolutely. bottom line absolutely so that's not bad but lesson one of the open university is over so you yes. can go get lunch Art. now <laughs> gordon yes i think time for a small challenge we love a challenge. Let's go for it. Um, this week, with your permission, I'd like to play a little bit of higher and lower. Lots of adverts okay. on television for these game shows. I think Alan Carr's doing his, his game shows in television and in the UK television scene. And it's mm-hmm. just picking old game shows. And I love the old player cards, right? It was a game show in mm-hmm. television where you had to guess if the next card was higher or the next card was lower. And if you got oh. to the end, you won a prize. Gordon! Love it, love it, love it. Are you up for it? I'm up for it. So it's just the day or the year these distilleries were created. Let's start with Tam Dew, E. McLeod's uh, Tam Dew, 1897. Right. right. Okay. So that's just 1897. Yes. Uh, old Pulteney. Higher or lower? <laughs> Higher well. means, is it Younger, higher means is it twentieth century or lower? Does it mean lower in date and time? You're, you're oh, going back. this is where. Oh, <laughs> so lower, lower means lower. lower. Gordon, it's eighteen twenty-six. You are completely correct. That's right. like the bar- first big phase of the legal distilleries in the eighteen twenties. So you're old Pulteney in eighteen twenty-six. Three more to get this right. I'm going to take you to what you've just mentioned. We talked about Tobermory and Ledchick. So Tobermory, is it higher or is it lower? Is it older than Old Pulteney? Uh, He's thinking. I think it's. I think it's lower. Which means it's older than 1826. It is 1798. Well done, Gordon. I just remember visualising a 17 on the logo of Tobermory. That's the only reason. That is an old one when you get into the 1800s, uh, the 18th century, sorry. So we're at 1798. Let me take you up to Kalila. 1798. So the oldest distillery on Isla is Beaumore at 1779. So I'm going to go higher. Higher, Kalila is 1846, which just gives you one more to get to the end to get your prize. You've got 1846 from Kalila, higher or lower, and we are going to go to, we mentioned it last week, Glen Grant. <laughs> Eight, what, what date are we on, sorry? 1846. I think Glen Grant's about 1840. 
So, lower. Oh, this Gordon. Glenn Grant. Dear, dear, dear. It's 1840 on the nose. You have got through. It was lower. Indeed, you have won the prize. That's uh, very nice. Gordon, just on a on this point, we've got another feature that we mentioned last week, and I really want to try and connect with people out there, people whiskey clubs, or just great whiskey aficionados and whiskey lovers. Just whiskey moments when time stands still. When you've got a whisk in your hands, or you're touring a distillery, and you just think, this is, this is wonderful. The, the world can just stop. The world can go away. I'm just enjoying it. Either sampling or visiting. When time stands still. Have you got a moment... 30 seconds, Gordon, when time stood still and you're all consumed in the moment. Yeah, yeah, I do. I think the first time I went to Isla and uh, or uh, and I drank uh, an Isla whiskey um, in that sort of rain that you get in the west coast of Scotland that's sort of very fine but gets you quite wet, but you don't really, over a long period of time, I was drinking an Isla sitting on a wall at uh, at Bowmore Distillery, and uh, I was just like, this is as good as it gets. The whiskey totally suited where I was, yeah. uh, obviously, um, and uh, I was in the right frame of mind, and it was a great, great experience. I've had a couple of others, I think, drinking Tamdu in the warehouse as well up there. I've done um, with Sandy, and I just sampled some really, really amazing Tamdus, which was a real mind sort of sort of stopping moment. And probably the third one that I can think of was when I visited uh, Yamazaki Distillery in Japan. Wow. Uh, and I was working for them at the time, and we'd had this amazing tour and this amazing experience. And and um, I was drinking some really, really beautiful Yamazaki whiskey in the distillery uh, with some really good friends, and we were all just in the moment. It was fantastic. So. You know, those are three that spring to mind. There's a whole load of others, but uh, what about yourself? Well, I'd love to get people listening, and we must reach out, Gordon, as well, to get... I love these stories, these anecdotes. It's, you, can't, you can't beat that. Yeah, one of the one of the moments I was going to mention, just to the side of, you know, straightforward whiskey, was being in a cooperage in Hereth in Spain. Oh, Talked yeah. about sherry casks. Well, you know, endlessly drank whiskey from sherry casks, but to see them being made in front of your very eyes was a moment I've sat there and just uh, stayed for the whole afternoon and watched them getting put together. It's so integral to the flavours that you taste that uh, to see them there was just absolutely. phenomenal. So that was one of these great moments that I'll never forget. Yeah. In no, absolutely. Yeah. No, definitely. And I think, you know, there's, there's a whole load of them. And I think the other thing, I've mentioned this a couple of times maybe, um, is, you know, a lot of people say to me, oh, you know, I drank a... Uh, drank a Glengoyne a few years ago, it was amazing, and I'm sure this whiskey doesn't taste the same now, and whatever, it's what a lot of people say. But of course what you're remembering is everything, and everything is amplified. Yeah. Everything yes. is your, 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 your senses, your, your memory is, is, is amplifying everything that happened at that moment in time, and, and the whiskey is probably of the same amazing quality as it was back then. But I think, you know, you are amplified by the... Um, by the uh, you know the, the 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 situation, the memory. Um, I think that's a really strong point. That's what I'd love to hear. I'd love to hear people's memories, the the, the moments, the whiskey or the the, the place. And uh, loads. I'll share some more later on. But I'd love to 
just get in touch through the social media channels and put up my whiskey moments and we'll try and reach out to some whiskey clubs and societies and whiskey fans out there. Gordon, we're almost nearing the end. We've not got our 80s heads. I can hear the music in the backgrounds. Let's do it. What are we on? It was G last week. H then. Oh, yes. I've learned my alphabet. H. 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 You kick it off. You kick off the H's. H. I. Well, I'll kick off the H um, with... Let me see. Hangover. I know it's maybe something. <laughs> we don't, Excellent. You know, if you misuse our wonderful uh, whiskey, wonderful liquids, or if you misuse any alcohol, sadly that will come a knocking. The hangover. So drink responsibly. So H for hangover. Carry on. Well, I think um, quite a few brands I'd like to talk about. So you've got Haig, which is a very famous name, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, Hanky Bannister. Heaven Hill, ah, Heaven Hill. Um, so yeah. some great brands. Heaven Hill, Hanky Bannister is a blended blended whiskey, as is Hague historically. Hague Club, David Beckham, of course. Uh, and Heaven Hill is a bourbon producer. Some great bourbons. Elijah Craig um, also produced a great buy, Rittenhouse Rye. Um, produced a whole range of different products. Um, lovely people out in Bardstown, Kentucky area. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also, of course, supply us a lot of bourbon casks, casks that have held bourbon, which we use in the Scotch whisky industry, and we use a, an element of them at Glengoyne. Yes, yes, I've seen them in the car park, the Heaven Hill, yeah. all the way from Kentucky. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a, there's a, I think, if I'm not mistaken, there's a Welsh connection with Heaven Hill. Um, I think that might be not right. Um, I can't quite remember, but uh, no. Historically, uh, great, great company, family business, and um, produce some lovely stuff out in Bourbon country. Oh, yes. And I thought you were going to mention Highland Park would be the, oh, the one from Scotland. Highland Park. How can I forget about Highland Park? Highland Park, what a, you know, famous, famous producer, very heavily into, you know, um, obviously from Orkney, but very heavily into the Viking story yes. of um, Orkney and um, the Viking elements. Very, very good friend of mine, Martin Mudbarkson, is the brand ambassador for Highland Park. Now, if you've ever met Martin, he is, he's like the Incredible Hulk. He's massive, and he's got Highland Park tattooed everywhere. Uh, and he is a wonderful ambassador for that brand. And uh, But everything is about the Vikings. It's, it's, a, it's a very, very interesting position. It really is nice. And the last time I was in the Scottish Whiskey Experience, did the tour upstairs, wonderful place. I had a lovely Highland Park. That was the whiskey of choice uh, that day. Yeah, I love the love the eighteen year old, lovely whiskey. Hogshead, Gordon. Oh yes. Talked about. Uh, I have just. In fact, I'll give myself another drink of the Linkwood. This Linkwood I'm drinking is a twelve year old that comes from three Hogsheads. Cast one two nine three nine one two nine four zero one two nine four two. So three Hogsheads, and it's Quite very you it, Gordon. Very clear. It's like you planned it, isn't it? <laughs> But this is unscripted, so I didn't. Totally, totally. <laughs> so Hogsheads, so it's just in between a barrel and a punching. Yeah, much closer to a barrel inside. Um, uh, 250-odd litres. And, and historically, what a Hogshead is, is effectively five barrels made into four. So you've got five 200-litre barrels, bourbon barrels. And what they would do is they would break them down, make them into four, and put new ends on them. Um, And they would become four hogsheads, holding the same amount of liquid, but in a much smaller space. 
And that was one of the reasons why hogsheads were created, to reduce the demands on warehouse space. So the hogshead is a remade cask, for want of a better word. And um, I have looked up the etymology of the word hogshead, which I believe comes from Old English. Uh, some sort of measurement from the, the ye olde past. Uh, Gordon, can I throw another one in here? Time is of the essence, but I remember yes. as a young man cycling over the Erskine Bridge from Paisley into Dumbarton, and you passed a big Ballantyne distillery, a big red brick distillery, dominated uh, Dumbarton skyline, and it was owned by the Canadians, Hiram Walker. Ah, yes, Hiram Walker, absolutely, yeah. They were a big uh, concern, and I believe Canadian Club was where they made their money. Yeah, so Hiram Walker, Canadian Club, was exactly where they made their money. The distillery was uh, was close to, um, in Windsor, in mm. um, which is right opposite Detroit. So it's Canada, but it's right across the river, which is only about 400 metres across from the city centre of Detroit. So... The historical element was, of course, that during Prohibition, a lot of Canadian whiskey went across the river to Detroit. And, um, you know, Al Capone and other people were involved in this, of course. And that was the smuggling of Canadian whiskey into America during Prohibition. Hiram Walker, uh, I don't know how they sort of morphed into another company. I can't remember that story. But you know, a, a big Canadian concern that they own uh, quite a bit of Scotch whiskey as well. Yes, I can't quite recall whether it was 34 or 36, but Prohibition stops in 1933. I think either within one year, or it might be three years, I can't remember if it was 36, but they came across to Scotland. They must have made an absolute packet from selling whiskey into America that uh, could finance a big move into the Scotch whiskey. Yeah, they were a big player for sure. Well, if there's no more business, Gordon, I'm going to get a, a small glass of my Linkwood 12 and uh, bid you farewell. Well, it's been uh, it's been it's been great chatting with you, um, and we've had so many great guests over the last uh, few weeks. We'll have some more coming up, but it's nice to just have a catch up, Gordon. Absolutely. Chew a bit of chew a bit of the fat about whiskey, and uh, we hope you enjoyed it. We do indeed. So until the next episode, which will be episode nine. We will bid you all a farewell. Slangela. Slangela.